Hi, everybody, and welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lines, your Penn State podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And today is Friday, July 3rd, 2020, heading into the holiday weekend. And today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. In today's episode, we are going to take a look at Penn State's 2020 football schedule as it is currently situated, and we're going to take a look at which games are the toughest for Penn State. This follows up on the article that I wrote for Athlon Sports earlier this week, so we'll have some fun discussion with that. And Penn State Athletics Director Sandy Barber had some interesting comments to say about the upcoming fall season and whether or not fans are going to be allowed in Beaver Stadium. It's starting to look not so rosy but it's not necessarily a complete closed-door situation just yet. We'll talk a little bit about that in today's episode. Make sure you never miss a single episode of our podcast by subscribing on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Right now, we're really making a push for people to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, but you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Overcast, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, we are available in pretty much every outlet. But we really want to get you guys to subscribe, rate, and review to us on Apple Podcasts this month. We've got a goal of getting 100 Apple Podcast reviews. So can you help us out? That would be tremendous if you could. You can also stay socially connected with our podcast in a variety of ways. The best way to do that is to hit us up with your questions and your comments on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. You can also find us at LockedOnNittany on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch. So... With all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode started. It has been a hot-button topic really throughout most of the summer as everybody has been sitting at home, isolated, maybe staying home from work or just working from home during this whole coronavirus pandemic. And now we're getting closer and closer to when decisions are going to have to be made with regards to the upcoming football season, whether or not games are going to be played, whether or not the schedule is going to stay intact, and of course, whether or not fans will be able to attend games, and if so, how many fans will be able to attend games. The next week is going to be pretty interesting just to keep an eye on because it looks like the Ivy League is going to make a decision next week with what they are going to do with their football schedule. There's a lot of talk that the Ivy League is pretty confident in the ability to move their football season to the spring. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that all the other conferences and the rest of the college football world will follow suit. But when the Ivy League does make decisions, people tend to notice The one big difference about what the Ivy League's decision is going to be and what may happen with the Big Ten and the SEC and the other power conferences at the FBS level is the Ivy League doesn't have the the revenue power that comes with a big, massive TV deal. Now, we all know we all want to see football played. There's no question about that. And we would love to be able to see Penn State and Ohio State play for a Big Ten East Division championship lead later on this fall. But... We do know that there's a lot of serious stuff going on right now, and there's a lot of caution as we continue to move forward. They'll take a look at the numbers about the coronavirus and the spikes that we see here and there. Uh, some states are handling this better than others. And, of course, you're going to get a variety of reactions throughout the country as this continues to go on. So there's a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made. Now, I don't know if the Big Ten is even thinking about seriously moving its football season to the spring or if they're really ready to move forward with the idea of playing just conference games. But we are getting very close to when those decisions will have to be made because we are sitting here right now on July 3rd, 
college football is supposed to start in two months, basically. So we need to get these decisions figured out. And for better or worse, we need to know what's happening. So that's just something to keep an eye on next week. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about more once that becomes available. But right now, Penn State Athletics Director Sandy Barber is continuing to try and keep the communication flowing. Just kind of touch base every now and then with where Penn State stands in all of this moving forward. She was on a Zoom conference call just the other day and it went on for about 50 minutes. And there was some good stuff that came out of there. Of course, I think the one thing that people are paying most attention to is what's going to happen with Beaver Stadium. Beaver Stadium, 110,000 fans. You know what the atmosphere is like when that place is rocking, when the place is packed, everybody clad in white, and, of course, you got a big game in town. That is a raucous atmosphere. It is one of the best in college football. There's no question about that. Hands down, that's not even an unbiased opinion from me. That is just simple fact. <laughs> I think that's what is pretty safe to say. A packed house at Beaver Stadium is something that is certainly a luxury to have. Now, Penn State knows that it may not have a full house this year. And Sandy Barber continues to monitor the situation, is trying to uh, evaluate all the different options that are going to be on the table. One of the ideas that was floated around, I believe, by Sandy Barber was the idea that maybe even some only season ticket holders will be able to enter a game this upcoming fall. And now, of course, that sort of makes sense to me. I think that that's certainly going to be one of the alternative ideas that they move forward with. If if Penn State finds out that they're going to be mandated to have a restricted uh, attendance figure for Beaver Stadium on Saturdays in the fall, you would give first priority to those season ticket holders, you would think. And I would imagine that the season ticket holders would still make up a good majority of that season or that stadium uh, and throw in the student section as well. So you're still going to have a pretty decent crowd even if you just allow season ticket holders but of course what happens if you find out that you can't allow all season ticket holders to attend a game then you run into some issues because we all know uh season tickets are not cheap for penn state fans and you have to invest a lot to be able to get those tickets now obviously you can get refunds i would imagine under these situations that could unfold but it's a big headache and a half but of course like i've said before every school in the country is probably going to be dealing with this problem to some degree so Penn State would not be alone it's just the fact that Penn State is one of those schools that has a stadium with over 100,000 seats Michigan Ohio State Tennessee and Alabama Georgia those are all some of the other Texas A&M those are all schools that have the ability to go into six digits with their attendance figure which of course means a big gigantic revenue cut could be happening if Penn State can't fill those seats now I don't think they're going to be able to fill the seats. I do think that we're going to get a football season, but I think that the seats are going to be very much restricted. And I don't know what the cap is going to be. 64,000, 50,000. I don't know what it's going to be, but if you have a season ticket, I would imagine you probably had the best chance to see a Penn State football game live this year compared to anybody else in the country that isn't already playing in the game. Now, if you are planning on attending a Penn State game this year, you know that you're going to be ready for that tailgating experience with your friends and family. Probably keeping that safe social distance is still intact in the parking lots. But, of course, if you have a tailgate party, that means you have to have your car ready to go. And the best way to make sure your car has the parts it needs is to go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
I know I'm in the market for some seat covers in my car, so I may have to go to rockauto.com, put in my make and model of my car right on the website, and find out what options are available to me. That's the great thing about rockauto.com. It's a completely customizable experience. You can put in whatever car and truck information you have. It's going to show you everything that is available for your make and model. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that are available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So in recent weeks on the podcast, we had on the college football editor for Athlonsports.com, Stephen Lassen, talking a little bit about the Big Ten, National College Football, and of course, Penn State. And earlier this week, we had a two-part interview series with our buddy Brandon Cavanaugh, who's a contributor to Athlon Sports. And as I said before, I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com as well. And it has been a little while since I was asked to contribute anything and write something up for the website. It's been a little bit of a slow time. It typically is in the summer months for me anyway, at least until now. Now that we're in July, things are going to start to ramp up a little bit on my end of things. I actually just got a list of uh, five or six assignments that I'm going to be working on throughout the month of July. So if you're interested in any of the content that I have, I will certainly share that on our Twitter account at Locked on Nittany, but you will also go to athonsports.com and find my profile page. I'll have a link to that in the show notes if you want to check it out. A lot of Penn State content, of course. But of course, this week I got a chance to put together the article that ranks the toughest games on Penn State's schedule for the 2020 season. And as I tease this on Twitter, obviously the toughest game is pretty obvious and we'll get to that. But yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what you guys think are the toughest games on Penn State's schedule as well. Because I know I'm not alone when I say this, but this is a pretty interesting schedule. The road trips are challenging. Virginia Tech, Michigan, a road trip to Nebraska, we're going to get to all of those. Because those are going to be some serious hurdles, I think, for Penn State to achieve getting to that next level. Being on par with Ohio State and maybe even knocking off Ohio State on its way to a Big Ten championship. Say what you want about that Ohio State game, and we will say plenty, but if Penn State's going to win the Big Ten this year, beating Ohio State certainly helps, but there's a lot more work that has to be done in order for that Ohio State game to mean as much as I think a lot of people are expecting it to be. So let's get into this a little bit throughout the remainder of the show. The premise of this article is pretty simple. You take the schedule for any team, in my case Penn State, and you rank the games on the schedule from weakest opponent to the strongest opponent so real quick not to get too far ahead of ourselves basically for me that means ranking Penn State schedule from Kent State to Ohio State now maybe uh, you've got a different game as Penn State's easiest game of the season but I'll explain some of my logic as we go through this and we are going to start at the beginning we're going to start with the weakest opponent and we're going to work our way up to that strongest opponent which of course will be Ohio State uh, I don't think there's any real question about that. And again, if you don't think that Ohio State is Penn State's biggest challenge this year, then I really need to hear from you because I don't know what else you could possibly be thinking. But there are some tricky spots. Let's get into it right now. Now, the the 12th game on my power ranking, uh, going from bottom to the top, is the September 5th home opener, season opener, against Kent State. Now, Kent State's actually coming off a pretty decent season, but I don't think that there's any way that when the season kicks off, in Beaver Stadium, regardless of how many fans are there, Penn State's talent is just going to run all over Kent State. 
And I don't just mean that figuratively, I sort of mean it literally, because Penn State's running game should be able to control this game from start to finish, especially if it is as strong as it was last year. I don't see any reason why it's going to slow down this season. So I think running game alone should get Penn State to go right over Kent State, steamroll their way to a season-opening victory. Again, Kent State's coming off one of their better seasons in quite some time, but they don't have the depth, they don't have the talent and that's going to take to give Penn State any serious scare. Even if... Things are a little shaky to start the season because of all the stuff that's been going on with the offseason and if the schedule, the training, the, the workout schedules are modified for whatever reason, still moving forward. I still think Penn State is able to shake off enough rust to pull away for an easy victory against Kent State. Later on this year, we're going to get into some of the point spread issues and I do think that this is a game that you probably want to stay away from Penn State covering. But we'll talk about that at a later point in time. I do think, though, that Penn State wins this game and they will win it comfortably. I don't think you have to worry about it. Penn State will start the season 1-0. The next game on my power ranking is arguably probably the easier game. But it's the fact that this is coming in week three after a road trip. Just kind of throw that in there. It's a you know, looking ahead to game situation to a Big Ten contest. San Jose State coming into Penn State on September 19th, again, week three. San Jose State is not a very good program, and I don't mean any disrespect to the Spartans here, but there's no way that they are going to sniff any kind of an upset against Penn State. So again, if you want to make this your easiest game on the schedule, I'm all for it, I, or at least I will entertain the argument, I should say. And you know, I'm not going to fight you too much on that either, because I do think that Kent State is a better team than San Jose State. But the fact that Penn State is coming off a road trip uh, against Virginia Tech, which we'll get to a little bit later, I, I do think that there's kind of a, you know, I don't know if it's a letdown factor, because I think there's uh, coming off a pretty emotional, pretty tough game in week two. But I do think that, once again, like the Kent State game, there's just way too much talent. Penn State should be able to win this game easily on their running game alone, even if it's a little sluggish early on. This is probably a noon kickoff kind of a game, if I were being honest with you. So you never know what to expect. It could be a slow start, but you know, I think when all is said and done, Penn State puts up 40-something points on the board, and they easily cruise their way to another victory. So at this point, after week three, I definitely have them with a winning record, and of course, We'll see what happens in that week two game. Now, we have already gone through the schedule week by week earlier on the podcast. I will definitely link that in the show notes if you want to check that out. So you kind of already know where I stand with Penn State's predicted record at this point in time. But easily enough, the two non-conference home games are very easy games on Penn State's schedule. Let's move ahead to our next game on the power ranking. It's actually a Big Ten game, and it is actually the last game of the season. The November 28th season finale at Rutgers. Now, I've said on this podcast before, I think Penn State handles Rutgers. There's no question that they will beat Rutgers. But there's just something about the situation that kind of wrinkles in the back of my head and says, what if? What if this is the game where Greg Schiano decides that he's going to find a way to get his program to end the season on an uplifting note? Not necessarily upsetting Penn State. But maybe standing their ground a little bit tougher than a lot of people would anticipate. Now, it's easy to say that because of what we saw last year. We know Penn State's season finale at home against Rutgers last year was nothing to write home about. But you remember there were some key injuries. A lot of key players didn't play that game. So you could kind of expect that it was going to be a little bit out of sorts for a large degree of that game. But you still kind of expected that Penn State was going to pull away from Rutgers. And I never really got that sense. It was a very sloppy game to end the season. 
But if you think about the situation here, Penn State could potentially be in a position where they not only need to win the game, but need to look good doing so. We're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if this game has any impact on the final college football playoff rankings, don't anticipate that Penn State's going to have a letdown performance. This could very well be a blowout in New Jersey, but there's just something about it. If it doesn't mean uh, playoffs or potential Big Ten championship or even a spot in the New Year's Six at the end of the year, this could be a little bit of a sluggish performance to close out the regular season still on way to potentially a 10 win season. But I just, there's just something about it. Greg Schiano last game of the season, you know, we'll see where Rutgers is at the end of the year, but if he has enough juice to get this team fired up for one final game of the year, I would not be surprised if they stay in the ground just a little bit to make Penn state work it a little bit, but this is still my third easiest game on Penn State's schedule. Coming up in the next segment, we'll go through the majority of this power ranking with some quick thoughts on the rest of the games, starting with our number nine game, September 26th, the Big Ten opener against the Northwestern Wildcats. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we want to make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. And go ahead and make sure you help us out on Apple Podcasts by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. We're trying to get 100 reviews in this month of July. So if you can go to Apple Podcasts and you're subscribed and you enjoy what you're hearing, please take a minute of your free time at some point this month. Leave a rating. Leave a review. It'll really help us out moving forward. And we greatly appreciate any support you can lend us. So you have my three easiest games on Penn State's schedule. Kent State, San Jose State, and a road game at Rutgers. My next one could potentially be easier than I'm anticipating, but now we're starting to get into the category of games where it's a little difficult to, to suggest and separate where these games should be ranked. But I do feel I've got it in a pretty decent order. These next three teams actually could be uh, all over the place as we get closer to the season. Continuing with number nine on my list is the Big Ten opener at home on September 26th against Northwestern. Now, Northwestern is coming off a truly awful season, just one year removed from playing for the Big Ten championship. Northwestern didn't have any breaks go their way. I can't imagine they have as much bad luck this upcoming season as they seem to have last year. But, of course, getting the game at home is always going to make for a much more comfortable feeling about the game. And Penn State certainly has the overall talent advantage. But if there's one thing about Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern is they are a team that's going to play hard. And you're going to have to work hard to put them away. It's not easy to roll over Northwestern. Uh, so I do think that Northwestern is capable of coming in and posing some problems for Penn State, maybe making things a little bit uglier in the line of scrimmage, and that can be an issue. But I do think that Penn State finds a way to muscle past their way uh, Northwestern. So I do think that that's one of the easier games on the schedule, but like I said, these next couple of games kind of lumped together, staying in that same line of thought, and maybe kind of echoing some of the things I said about Rutgers. November 21st. Home game against Maryland, next to last game of the season. Again, I think that Penn State certainly has a clear roster advantage, but I do think that Mike Loxley is doing some good things in Maryland. I think he's been uh, doing some good things in recruiting. This doesn't have all the parts there yet, but I do think that Maryland is just a program to keep an eye on. I think that Maryland could potentially be one of your wild card factor teams, not necessarily a team that uh, makes their way to the Big Ten championship game or anything like that, but somebody could lose to Maryland along the way. I don't think it'll be Penn State, especially, again, given the recent history and the fact that this game will be at home at the end of the season. 
I do think that Penn State wins this game once again pretty comfortably against the Terrapins. I just don't feel as though Maryland is ready to give Penn State a serious scare, especially on the road. If the game's at home, I, I may be more inclined to think that way this season. But I do think, just look at the scores the last few years, Penn State is clearly heads and shoulders above where Maryland is right now. I don't think that that will be the case forever, and maybe not for very long. But Penn State should get another comfortable home win against Maryland on November 21st. So that's my eighth easiest game on the schedule, or eighth most difficult game on the schedule, however you want to look at it. Uh, so let's uh, go earlier in the month of November with my seventh ranked game. And this could potentially be lower or it could potentially be higher. It's a home game against Michigan State on November 14th. Michigan State, I don't know what to make of them uh, because they've got a new head coach in Mel Tucker. Uh, I think there's a lot of disarray within that program right now. I don't know where their mindset will be by the time middle of November comes around. I think that that's a team that could easily be dead, uh, dead team walking down to the finish line the way things could potentially be going for Michigan State, or it's a team that is going to look to make uh, some noise and maybe make their own push to a possible bowl game. Michigan State is not a team to take lightly, and I think Penn State certainly knows that. That's why I've got them a little bit higher than some of these other teams like Maryland, Northwestern, and Rutgers. I still think it should be one of the easier games in the Big Ten schedule, and I think we're going to start to see a jump in the terms of difficulty for the remainder of Penn State's schedule according to my ranking here. So let's go into the upper half of the power ranking of Penn State's schedule. And let's start with our number six game on the lineup, which is October 17th versus Iowa. I probably could have had this game a little bit higher, but I'm going to put it right here for right now because Iowa is just a team that can be a problem. I don't think they're as much of a problem for Penn State as they have been in the past. Uh, certainly there was a long stretch where they just frustrated the heck out of Joe Paterno and the Nittany Lions. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Penn State has had the upper hand against Iowa for a number of years now. They certainly had the talent advantage, and they get the game at home. They do play better against Iowa at home rather than going on the road into Kinnick Stadium, which is a potential nightmare for a lot of teams. Penn State has been fortunate to survive Kinnick Stadium the last few years. But like I said, this is a home game. Uh, Penn State also gets a bye week going into this game, and Iowa is coming off of a road game the previous week against Ohio State. So, Iowa's got a tough draw here. They got to go on the road against Ohio State, who also has a bye week before playing Iowa, by the way. And then after going to Columbus, they had to go back out east and play at Penn State. Those are probably the two toughest games for Iowa on the Big Ten schedule. And you can probably categorize them as 1A, 1B, just given how it's all lined up and the fact that they have to go play Ohio State and then go back on the road to another potentially raucous environment. That's a tough draw for Iowa, but I do think that that helps make it a little bit easier for Penn State. The fact that Iowa is coming off a game against the Buckeyes, you know, maybe there's some more fatigue there, and I don't think they'll be coming off a big major win against Ohio State the previous week, so I don't know if they had that adrenaline rush from the week before carrying over. So I think that's a bad spot for Iowa, and that's a very good situation for Penn State to be in. So that's why I've got it at number six. Could potentially be higher. I'll entertain that idea, especially given the, the next game I have on my schedule here. And I'm going with number five, Halloween night at Indiana. There is just something about Indiana. When teams have to go to Bloomington, you never know what kind of track meet you could potentially be in line for. And Indiana is a team that can be decent. And they certainly are coming off a really good season last year. Uh, but I do think that Penn State will have the upper hand against Indiana, but there's just something about going to Bloomington, 
And I think Tom Allen has certainly found something that works for him with the Hoosiers. And I think that they are capable. If they can get some offensive players being consistent and uh, make some th threats here, I think Indiana could be trouble. I do think Penn State wins the game, but going on the road to Bloomington and um, – I'll spoil this. This is the week after Penn State's playing their big game against Ohio State. So uh, there's a couple different ways that this could go. Either Penn State beats Ohio State, and then all of a sudden they're the team to beat in the Big Ten, and then they got to go on the road. It's kind of like a hangover situation. You kind of worry about that. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know. But Indiana is not the team you want to be playing on the road, I think, after a big potential win against Ohio State. Or, on the flip side, Penn State loses to Ohio State. They lose the inside track to a Big Ten championship, and now they have to redeem themselves against a team that is still could potentially be dangerous, especially when they are at home. So, again, I don't really like the spot of Indiana on the schedule. I know it looks like a win, but it doesn't look like a very comfortable win, no matter how it all plays out the week before against the Buckeyes. Let's move ahead, though, back to earlier in the schedule with our number four game on the power ranking of Penn State's most difficult games this season. And we're going into week two, September 12th, down at Virginia Tech. First ever meeting between Penn State and Virginia Tech. First of all, it's long overdue. And second of all, I don't know if this is a Virginia Tech team that is uh, capable of being a real dangerous threat, but the fact that it is a big statement game opportunity for Justin Fuente and the Hokies, this is a game that's going to be spotlighted, circled, highlighted in yellow, whatever the case may be. This is the biggest game on Virginia Tech's schedule this season at home. And that is a big opportunity for Justin Fuente to establish himself something with Virginia Tech. I know he has taken Virginia Tech to an ACC championship game early on in his time in Blacksburg. Uh, but things have not exactly been uh, going all Virginia Tech's way on the field, off the field. It's a little bit of a program that's kind of kind of treaded water a little bit uh, compared to where they, I think that they could be under Justin Fuente. So that is a big spotlight opportunity for Virginia Tech, and I don't think that they uh, waste it. I think they give Penn State a real good run. I think that's a really good early season challenge for Penn State. Down in Blacksburg in Lane Stadium, I'm guessing it might be a primetime game. Again, this is all assuming things are going relatively as normal. Uh, that's a dangerous atmosphere, I think. I know there will be a lot of Penn State fans down there, but I do think that that is going to be a very challenging environment for Penn State. That's why I've got them at number four. I've got three games that are tougher than that, starting with the November 7th game on the road against Nebraska. First of all, this game will be played on my birthday, so if you are listening and you're planning it ahead, I will put together an Amazon wish list, and you can choose whatever item off of that you want to send me for my birthday. But Penn State has a very tough spot here. Uh, this is a Nebraska team that could potentially be taking some steps forward. As we discussed earlier this week on the podcast with Brandon Cavanaugh, you know my take on this. I just feel like it's a bad situation. It's like that Minnesota game last year where it just pops up on the road. Uh, this is a game where Nebraska could be fighting for their bowl life. It's the longest road trip of the year for Penn State. It is early November, so it's not necessarily the worst time of the year to go to Nebraska, but there's not really a great time to go anywhere in the Big Ten in November, especially on the road. So I think that this is a... It's a tough spot to be in because Nebraska could be dangerous. Penn State's a better team. Again, that's a recurring theme here. Penn State is the better team than just about everybody on their schedule, but there are some tough road spots here. And Penn State doesn't have a great history in Lincoln. I know they've only played a couple times there since their last win in the early 80s, but this is still a bad situation to be in for the road trip. Now, the good thing is if Penn State has a lot to play for still at this point in time, I do think that you're not going to get any letdown. And I, I hate to suggest that there could be any letdown performances at any point if something doesn't go right earlier in the season. 
But I do think that this is a program that has the mindset that every game matters uh, a whole lot. So I, I think that they'll be uh, prepared for it mentally, uh, physically. Uh, just worry that this is a game where Nebraska gets fired up and really starts to, to make a, some noise under Scott Frost, who could be in desperate need of a big win at that time. So it's a bad spot, and that's why I kind of put it up there at number three. And my top two, not all that surprising. Number two, October 3rd at Michigan. The, the home team has had the upper hand in the series really the last few years, and Penn State has had a lot of misfortune in Michigan Stadium over the years since joining the Big Ten. Michigan may not have the offensive playmakers that they need to take their next step, but you can see that they will have guys on the line of scrimmage. They will have people that can cause problems for Penn State on both sides of the football. And when they play at home, Penn State just can't avoid getting off to a bad start. That's just something that has killed them over the years in uh, Michigan Stadium. So there's so many things that I think this is a bad situation for Penn State, but obviously you got to deal with it. It's a road game against Michigan, and you have to win this game. You cannot sacrifice this game if you're going to win the Big Ten Championship this year because the toughest game on Penn State's schedule will be at home, but it may be against one of the best teams in the country against Ohio State. And as I've said before, Ohio State is not unbeatable. They are not invincible. And over the last few years, find me a team in the Big Ten that has played Ohio State better on a consistent basis than Penn State. You can't. And I know Ohio State has dominated in certain categories in the last couple of meetings, but find me a team in the Big Ten that is more capable of playing Ohio State closely and giving them a legitimate scare at a loss on a regular basis, a yearly basis, than Penn State. You're not going to find one. That's where Penn State is right now. They are clearly the second best team in the Big Ten. And if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. Right, Ric Flair? Woo! So, anyway, Penn State gets this game at home. But Ohio State is still going to be loaded on offense and defense. And even their secondary may be a question mark for the Buckeyes. But the good news for Ohio State is Penn State doesn't necessarily have a strength in the passing game. At least they don't at this point in time. Maybe they will by October 24th. Maybe that will really blossom as the season goes along. And then maybe we start to think about that game a little bit differently. But I do think that Ohio State is clearly... Heads and shoulders, the best team that Penn State is going to face this season. And you can probably say the reverse. I know Ohio State's got to go to Oregon, but Penn State could very well be the best team that Ohio State faces. So if you look at the list that is put together for Ohio State's schedule, I would not be surprised if Penn State is number one on their list. And look, Ohio State knows that they need to beat Penn State because if they lose this one game to Penn State, I'm not so sure that Ohio State loses another game. But then all of a sudden, you lose that head-to-head -head tiebreaker. If Penn State doesn't lose another game, or if they do lose one game against Michigan or Nebraska, but they have that head-to-head -head win against Ohio State, that means a heck of a whole lot. Now, in the grand scheme of things, a one-loss Ohio State with a road loss at Penn State probably still sitting in a pretty good spot for the college football playoff when all is said and done, if we're being honest. But man, this is going to be the game that determines your Big Ten favorite coming down the home stretch of the college football season. I can't wait for it. It is the number one most difficult game on Penn State's schedule. Find me any other reason to believe that any other game should be ranked higher, and I will give you a dollar. <laughs> I, I will literally give you one dollar if you can convince me that any other game on Penn State's schedule is going to be more difficult than this game against Ohio State. Ohio State's the best team. Penn State's trying to be the best team. But that's what I think about the schedule. Let me know what you think. What games are too high? What games are too low? Which games do you think are easier than I'm suggesting they are? Which games do you think will be more difficult? 
Send us your questions and comments to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And you can give us a follow on Instagram and on Twitch at LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself today. I know I did. And I look forward to having a good holiday weekend. I wish you all a happy 4th of July weekend. Be safe, be responsible, but enjoy it as much as you possibly can. And if you're going to shoot off fireworks, put a thunder shirt on your dog, will you? That's all I ask. We will be back next week starting on Monday with a new set of shows to get us uh, through another week of July as we inch closer to the start of the college football season. So make sure you are subscribed on all your favorite podcasting apps. Again, we are asking for a lot of help on Apple Podcasts, ratings, reviews, subscriptions. The more the merrier. We're trying to get to a 100 Apple Podcast reviews in the month of July. So if you can help us out, that'd be greatly appreciated. But, of course, we are also on other streaming platforms such as Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Overcast. We also have the RSS feed if that helps you out as well. I'm Kevin McGuire. I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com, and you can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And before you go, tell your home smart devices to play the Locked On NBA podcast because the NBA is getting ready to start their season once again later this month. So you want to make sure you are all tuned in to everything that's going on on Locked On NBA. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. Be safe. Be merry. Go one another this weekend. And I will talk to you again next week.